0: Hello and welcome to the 24th episode of Barnsley Museum's podcast. I'm Gabby Lees and I'm the Community Arts Officer for Barnsley Museums. As part of my role, I coordinate the Hear My Voice project, which is Barnsley Museum's programme of poetry and spoken word. As part of this, I've been working with Ian McMillan throughout 2020 and into this year on Poet in Lockdown and Poems Chronicling the Covid Crisis. It's really lovely to be able to listen to this recording of Ian in happier times and I hope that you enjoy it too. We lived at Underneath Barnsley Road in Darfield and I went to Low Valley County Primary School which was just down the hill and the big thing about that is that it's different to Barnsley because Barnsley was a town authority but outside Barnsley, the villages outside Barnsley were West Riding County Council. So very different, totally different authority. And thank God, because the West Riding, which I talk about a lot, it's my big inspiration, were run in those days, in the 60s, early 60s, by a, the Chief Education Officer, was a man called Sir Alec Clegg, who's legendary, who said that all children are creative. So in our school at Low Valley, like an arts centre, singing, dancing, drawing, making poems up, Making stories up, everything you did, you made. My wife used to be a west riding teacher, and she would say, "The thing was always sing it, write it, draw it, make a book about it," and and it was just an amazing thing, and it was just the encouragement to be a writer. They said, "You can be a writer. You can do this here. And you can do this." These teachers that I still see, uh, Mister Moody lives down our street. Missus Roach, she's dead. And most of them are dead. Missus Stansfield. All these teachers. Say, ordinary school, just an ordinary school, but we had string quartets that came, they were just peripatetic music teachers. And we had the West Riding Abstract Art van, I always talk about that, it came from Wakefield, once every six months, abstract art for the walls. You know, and and so growing up in Darfield, just like a kind of idyll, it was just fantastic. I just loved it, I would, I'd still go down to, so I lived on Barnsley Road, My dad was into fishing, he liked going fishing. The thing was, because me mum and dad, they had this romantic thing, So two people from different parts of the country, just meeting totally by chance. He could have written to somebody else, she could have written to somebody else, it might not have worked out. But, so it always meant that for me, Barnsley and this Barnett World was somewhere special, because it brought them together and my dad chose to live there. He could have lived anywhere really, you know, he could have gone, he could have gone back to Scotland, there weren't much happening around here, my mum was looking after her mother but when she died they could have done anything, but my dad chose to stay around here so Barnsley always felt special. Barnsley Borough always felt special. So, my school days were just like, as I said, just idyllic, just me and my mates. uh, And it always seemed to be that it was like a place of myth and excitement to me. It's like I'd walk down Snape Hill with my mate Chris Allett and his mate, his brother David Allett, who was now dead, and he'd point to Darfield Main pit and he'd say, that's Blackpool Tower. You can see it through mist and I got. And and we believed it, we did and all in like Blackpool Tower, we've seen Blackpool Tower. I remember Low Valley County Primary School, there had these air raid shelters that were kind of centres of, I don't know what you call them, psychogeography these days, where they were, they were like, you think you could walk down and get somewhere, there's a tunnel from there to the pit, you know, there never was. There's a tunnel from here to the pit, you're going to pit, and, and what, what I remember is, I talk about this a lot and it's true, is, the landscape was so utterly dominated by the pit, no, because we had Darfield Main, we had Oldham Main, the big big Oldham Main, durn Valley Drift Mine, Mitchell's Main, Womwell Main, Corton Wood, all the pits going that way. Manvers coke Plant setting fire to the sky every night, and it just felt like a constant thing that would never change. So I do talk a lot about, you know, I wrote this essay, Barnsley in the year 2000. This is when I'm at school, at juniors. Barnsley in the year 2000. And I put, we will all wear silver space suits and we'll have our snap in tablet form and we'll go to Pitt on a silver monorail because we thought that would never change. How wrong we were. You know, but the idea that, so it was it a time of like constant. Darfield was the place we went shopping. Uh, we went to Barbers at Harry Holden's with his, his wife who was like a frustrated artist. Harry Holden, Mrs. Holden. And she'd paint these enormous murals on the wall of the barbers, the fantastic murals, and then she'd change mind and do another mural, and he had to take off stuff down, so they'd be like, that. I remember the Taj Mahal, this amazing mural, at Taj Mahal, but then in front of it, like a mirror, or like a thing with some scissors on it, then she'd, I want to do another one, so she'd take down and make this one. and it felt like you could get everything you wanted in there, because there was a bank, there was Morris, have you talked, have anybody talked about a Morris and Fred's shop? <laughs> Morris and Fred were this, Unusual thing in the 50s, 60s and 70s, an out gay cross-dressing couple, of whom there were very few in Barnsley, in any northern industrial town in the 50s, 60s and 70s. My mother remembers them, in her words, walking around Darfield like Barbara Carland and Joanna Lumley because, and they were both ex-military. Uh, so Morris was born in Low Valley near Darfield in 1912, and he'd joined the, he worked pit, didn't like it, joined the army quite like that, left there and went to work in service in hotels in the south where a lot of gay men went and they meat meet partners there, Freddie met Fred down there and then they had this shop in Darfield which is now the Morris Dobson Museum, the Morris Dobson Memorial Museum is now in Darfield, where me and my wife volunteer, General will tell you all about it but it's, that were an amazing thing because they were part of the landscape and I, I find it such a fantastic parable of tolerance. Here's these two men. They didn't always cross dress, but my father in law, Herbert, who was a tough man who worked down open me, right, Morris and Fred, they're all right. You know, it's this, this fantastic thing about tolerance, partly because they were hard men themselves, because they'd been in the army. So if you went in shop and anybody gave them any homophobic abuse, they'd just give them a crack. You know, <laughs> but I remember vividly, Morris would, when he weren't cross dressing, he'd dress like no coward. He had like a, this vivid, powder blue suit with enormous lapels and like fantastic flares and like a roof and he used to smoke a cigarette in a holder he had these big glasses like Dame Edda Everidge and Fred was more sober he had, a, he had a brown smock like a lot of workmen like somebody out of open all hours and he'd go in shop and he'd go if, and he'd have this big thing he go if you say bugger I'll give you a spangle <laughs> and Fred would go don't say that? then he had this parrot that swore bugger off bugger off bugger off the lot of you. and it, it was like, it was amazing. And but it just felt so normal, it felt absolutely normal. When uh, the sad story is that Fre- Fred, we always thought Morris would die first because he was the older one. Fred died, Morris was heartbroken. Meanwhile, Fred, Fred Morris has got religion. He's become a friend of Jesus. So not knowing that Jesus, or not knowing that organized religion is not a great friend of the gay community, often. So then Morris decides, we um, was rich, he said, I'm going to give money to the church to have a Fred Memorial stained glass window in the church. And the church, to their eternal disgrace, said no. So Morris, the story goes, then said, right, when I go, my house is going to become a museum, which the council can look after. But there in the, end, the council, couldn't really take it on, but then the Darfield Immunity Society did. So now it's the Morris Dobson Memorial Heritage Museum. You have to come along sometime. It's a fantastic museum. And then Durn Valley Landscape Partnership got a bit of money to do a one-man show about Morris with a local actor called Simon Carr. And he played the part of Morris and it was beautiful to see people who remembered Morris coming into the shop and Simon, but afterwards I said, did you enjoy that? And they're all going, it it was quite good but Morris was not as tall as that. And he went, well, (laughs) he was an actor. Then I got married in 1979 and me and my wife lived down Low Valley between Darfield and Wunwell, which was interesting because that was where her family were from, so it was that thing of going full circle. And we were talking about this the other day, it's not that long ago, really. we would we've soon have been married 40 years, which isn't a long time. But you talk about it it's like some Neolithic cave people days, because you know, you think about, well, there used to be a fellow come round with a van, selling pie and peas, ringing a bell. And, and he called go up and he go, dang it, pie and peas. And he go, blimey. And he go out and he give you a big bowl full of pie and peas you think, gosh, we talked about that, you know, that, and at the same time, there used to be a fellow go round and my auntie was still around. She hadn't died at all. No, she hadn't died when we got married, but around that time, a chap would come around selling sticks for your fire. And this is like some kind of folk tale, isn't it? It's like some medieval thing. And he'd come around and he had, a, he had a huge, his teeth were too big for his mouth. he go, sticks. He'd go, sticks. <laughs> and, and this other fellow ringing a bell. God, what what is this? And so anyway, we lived down there. And at that time, see, Low Valley was all the houses there were built for Darfield main pit. And it was kind of a bit of a boom town in the early 20th century, it would have been. And there's a bit going off Low Valley called New Scarborough. And nobody knows why it's called New Scarborough. My mother-in-law's from New Scarborough. There were three streets New Scarborough. And New Scarborough was seen as being really rough. I thought if Low Valley's rough, New Scarborough. It happens everywhere, doesn't it, you know? People in golf, at at rough and all that, you know? But anyway, New Scarborough. And there were three pubs there. There was the Miner's Arms, the New Station Inn, and the George... Oh, and the, the Bricklayer's Arms, which was known as the Drop, because it had a big step. So when you walked in, you fell in. <laughs> and, and that was like an idyllic. My life's been a complete in But that was like wonderful. When we first married, just living in that... And, it, like, the school I went to was there, you know? And, this, but the street my wife was born in was there and it was just, I don't know, it, it always felt like it nurtured me, it always did. And then we had kids started to arrive so then we moved up where we still live, in Darfield, you know, so I've not moved very far at all. And the other thing about Darfield is, and it was always hammered into us at school, that it's in Doomsday Book, so it's an ancient, ancient settlement. You know, Joanne Fletcher will tell you about her theory that there's a big Roman villa in Darfield. that's an old historian in Darfield called Jim Marsden, who's dead now, who was the dad of Norm Marsden, who was born on the same day as me. Um, he always said they were a Roman villa. And she says that, you know, somewhere like York is the confluence of a couple of rivers and they've got a high point, and Darfield Church is on a high point. You can look down to this kind of almost swampy area. So it could be, I mean. So Darfield always felt very ancient, that's true. And, you, you know, you imagine, like, anywhere around here, there was layers of ancientness. And then on top of that, the pit arrived, and then now you've got the kind of post-industrial. So it's an interesting layers. I think that's the other reason I never moved. Mm-hmm. Because I think some places are quite dull. Whereas around here, things change, you know, all the time, don't they? Sorry, I'm rambling, aren't you? Not at all. Uh, did you feel that as a child? You mentioned like this this idyll and the landscape with well, it the mines. felt. It felt of course you wouldn't you wouldn't you articulate it in that way, but it felt Partly because my dad had come from somewhere else, so there's like this this dichotomy in your head, because he'd always he always thought that where he was from was prettier, which is true, you know the Scottish Borders, and we'd go there twice a year and see his relatives, but somehow he always we always thought that he always said that here was kind of more important because things were being made and dug out at ground here, but also it just felt you know, you didn't articulate it in this way, but it felt mystical, it felt like it were full of stories, it felt like it were ancient and modern at the same time. You know, it felt like, in Darfield there's this um, legend of the Valley Ghost, the Valley Ghost, and it's like, it's, it's a paradise, it's all rubbish, of course, but there's this, down low valley, there's this legend of the Valley Ghost, who come like a knocker, up, come knocking on you. And stuff like that, and you kind of believed it, you know, the Valley Ghost. There used to be a poet in Darfield called Jimmy McHale. I, I, there's lots of McHales in Darfield, and Jimmy was a gentle fella who wrote poems. And, I, and he never wrote them down. And he, he, well, perhaps he wrote them down a bit, but years and years ago, Brian Lewis, who you might know, he, he published a book of them, but it's totally lost. But he wrote a fantastic ballad called Bally Ghost. And, and, you know, so it felt like a place where legends were sort of allowed to happen. There's a lot of the houses in Darfield were either council houses, As my wife lived in the council house when she was a kid, there were a lot of NCB pit houses. There was a quite interesting big house on Barnsley Road called the Nurses' Home that was built by a kind of philanthropic, uh, probably the Squire Taylor self-styled from the big house, for a nurse to live in, this is pre-NHS, pre all that, so it's quite a big house, built in 1913. That's still lived in. It's still called by everybody the nurses' home. And also, they, like these legends about there, I feel like that. Um, when I was a kid, they used to say that there was an owl in church tower, and it flew out. and It got babies out of prams That say, if you stand by church tower, you can hear this owl, and it's hooting, and it could eat and. It was like some kind of mass hysteria, because I remember coming out to church Lambsburg and people gathered around where is it? It's just, owl, listen for owl. What it actually was was the church clock slowing down. So you could hear this sound, People oh, say, ow, watch this end? <laughs> it's like the Valley Gus, you know. And everywhere you go, you'd scratch the surface and find these kind of stories.